0: well hello everyone i'm your host cindy ketzel thanks for joining us for this episode of nine to thrive hr in this podcast we team up with experts to bring you the best in hr talent management and business strategy today i am joined by annette brown and nisha bott both with 8451, a local company here to Cincinnati, I'm actually in Cincinnati. They are a retail data science insights and media company owned by also locally headquartered Kroger. and that has a passion for unlocking associates potential and helping people leaders develop their talent to drive business outcomes. With more than 20 years experience in the talent development space, Annette leads learning technology and leadership development efforts. Nisha is currently VP, software engineering, leading talent enablement at 8451. She has over 30 years of experience in the engineering field, and with a mix of roles as a developer, architect, and the most recent, she has spent 12 years in management. Before we get into the meat of our podcast today, Annette and Nisha, can you tell our listeners a little bit more
1: about 8451 and your roles within it? Sure. So, Annette Brown, great to be here. Thanks for having us. 8451, uh, what we do is help Kroger, their consumer packaged goods uh, partners, agencies, publishers, and other affiliated partners create more personalized and valuable experiences for shoppers. Using cutting-edge science, we leverage first-party retail data from nearly one out of every two households in the US and over 2 billion transactions to fuel a more customer-centric journey. So we do that using 8451 Insights, loyalty marketing, and our retail uh, media advertising solution, Kroger Precision Marketing. So all that to say, we employ a lot of super smart people, and it's important that we stay on the cutting edge of technology and the industry. And as Cindy mentioned, um, I am a talent development manager in our HR talent team. And you know, in leading some learning technology and leadership development, for example, just as COVID was hitting, I led the implementation of Brainways. 2.0, that's our branded instance of DeGreed, a learning content aggregator platform that helps us accomplish our learning strategy, even in a virtual or hybrid work environment. So it was perfectly timed. I'll uh, let my partner in crime today, Nisha Bhatt,
2: introduce herself. Thanks, Annette. And thanks, Cindy, for uh, allowing us to, to join this today. I'm a part of the engineering organization, as Cindy mentioned. And, you know, I focus on the needs of the engineering specific talent as a whole, really trying to enable them to succeed at 8451. You know, I'm an engineer at heart myself. I leverage my engineering background and expertise to enable that talent and the organization to be, I'll call it, best in class. And creating and driving those, those strategies um, for that talent and things like learning and development, engagement, and, and much more.
0: Yeah and that thank you so much for giving us a little bit more about 8451. I cannot believe you you provided that numeric value of over 2 billion transactions. That's amazing. And and listening to both of you, you know, I know you are there's super smart people at 8451 so I I love that you said that as well. So what we really want to talk about, and Nisha, thank you so much too for for introducing a little bit more about what you're doing and having this HR and engineering perspective. I think when we talk about learning and learning opportunities, which kind of dives me into really the content of what we're going to get into today, we really want to hear about what 8451 has done, is doing the philosophy there around learning and learning opportunities. So I know this will be interesting and I don't know if you all want a tag team or, or how how to tee this up, but tell me about what maybe did learning opportunities look like five years ago versus what it looks like now?
2: Sure. And uh, I can take that one. And I think that's probably the best approach Annette and I like we said, we really are partners in crime. And so I think we'll we'll just take these and tag team. If I look at, you know, five years and it really feels like a long time now because we've evolved so much. And, you know, we said we hire a lot of smart people. We hire a lot of curious people too, like curious and smart. And curiosity is so important because curious people always are learning. They're learning in some shape or form, right? Um, I would say that maybe five years ago, it looked a little less strategic and it was more grassroots. And there's a lot of great things about grassroots, right? You have a lot of, again, smart, curious people and they're pursuing things, but they're pursuing, you know, maybe side of desk activities. They're doing things on their own, maybe a little bit in silos and organically bringing groups together. What we did do, um, you know, five years ago is we did bring in, let's say external training when we were making some big shifts to our evolution and we've made some really big transitions. And the approach really though was a kind of one size fits all and it was a little bit less customized. So I think five years ago looked different from that point of view. But if if you think about, you know, where we've evolved to, um we've just taken that same approach and really started to shift and change it to be more strategic.
0: Yeah, I love that. And and that did you want to add to that?
1: Yeah, I would say that what uh Nisha is describing in engineering is pretty much true across all of the functions at 8451. As a company we're not very old. I think we're uh what six years, maybe going on seven. And um, we started with a pretty blank slate uh, when uh, Kroger purchased us from our former organization was Dunhumby, and then Kroger purchased a portion of that company and um, set it up as a new company, 8451. And we are actually not a division, but wholly owned, independently operated by Kroger. So we uh, retain that autonomy so that we can be a business accelerator and advise Kroger in strategy and thinking three to five years out. Um, That means we have to stay on the cutting edge, but we started with nothing. So we have come a long way, as Nisha said, um, definitely more intentional now, uh, less ad hoc um, across the board. And some of our functions are um, in a different place in that journey. And uh, I think the engineering function has done a phenomenal job of leveraging the resources and their subject matter experts and um, being strategic about upskilling. And so I'm super excited to, um, be able to tell their story today.
0: Yeah. I appreciate what both of you are getting at, you know, using the terms like we're more strategic, we're more intentional. And I forget, you know, that you are just a, you're really a budding company, really. I mean, six years is still a little, you know, a teenager, um, if you think about it in longevity there. So, I appreciate that both of you have kind of given that indication, hey, we're starting to think about it. What should this look like? It's not a one-sized fit-all approach anymore. We're not just piecing it together. We're trying to be intentional and strategic about it, which I know goes a long way. So with that, with that thought that you're trying to move away from folks, you know, participating in activities in more of a siloed approach, um, how would you say, what are you all doing at 8451 or in that engineering department or in HR in general? How are you encouraging those teams to learn?
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a great, great question. And, and maybe I'll even, I'll say to start with and build on what we described as being more intentional and being also even more customized. Um, You know, there are so many ways to approach that. There's so many ways to approach it. And then I'll talk about a little bit about that encouragement piece. Because I think the approach we've taken has, has been a mix of things. We've looked at how do we provide interactive resources, but also how do we provide the ability for folks to know hey, here's a here's an actual structured learning plan that you can go to. And, and that's a resource that's always there how do we do both of those things within engineering and and even i would say more broadly but to to customize it to enable it to fit our needs our technology roadmap that strategic approach so just talking a little bit that that approach being intentional is is intentional in ways that is tied to both our talent needs our business needs our technology needs and then you know let's say You've really thought through that, encouraging our teams and encouraging them to really take advantage of those resources. Um, it's an interesting area. you know I'll, I'll say it's maybe a little bit psychology too and and a little bit of process and and um, leadership culture like driving that culture. It's tricky. you know, our teams are busy delivering software solutions. I mean, we are a business we're, we're delivering. Uh, value to our customers. And there are real pressures, right, in every business. We've surveyed our teams and we've asked them both at the enterprise level and at the functional levels. And we hear a consistent theme, like and that theme is around time. Now, how do you really carve out that time and bake it into the planning, bake it into our roadmaps? Um, like I said, part of that comes from our leadership encouraging what I'll call that continuous learning culture. Um, But the other side of that is we we do want to hold ourselves accountable. And, you know, we said earlier when we talked about our evolution and learning being just kind of a maybe side of desk activity, or perhaps maybe not even happening at all due to some of those pressures that we have. Um, How do we find that balance? So in engineering, we actually took the plunge, I'd say. And we decided from an accountability standpoint that we were going to set an objective, you know, leadership's behind it, and we were going to set an objective across our engineering organization, leveraging um, like a percentage, say 5% of your time, allocate, plan for 5% of your time on an individualized learning plan, or, you know, potentially even connect that to team-based learning as a goal, as a development goal. And you say, well, why 5%? And I think we will talk probably more about this, but we've been leveraging the 70-20-10 model. And that 70-20-10 model articulates that, you know, 10% of learning can be structured and more formalized. And we decided to start with 5%. You know, encouraging our teams by having that accountability as well Um, I think is is important. It's an important piece of the, the overall equation. We also encourage like ways of using that time. So we've been hosting more lunch and learns, making people continuously aware of what's available to them in our various resources and platforms. You know, at the end of the day, we can build things, but we also need to make people aware what they can use, how they can use it, And we've leveraged our folks internally. Um, If you think about the SMEs and the experts that Annette was referring to, you know, it provides real credibility and it's compelling for an engineer to say, hey, I know I worked with so-and-so, they really know their stuff and they're doing this lunch and learn, or they worked on this curriculum for this track that we've built. Um, And it becomes a very compelling story as well. Yeah, Yeah,
0: Annette, go ahead. I was going to say, Annette, that has to make your talent development
1: heart so happy. Go ahead. It does. And one of the things that I love um, that engineering did is they leveraged those subject matter experts, those SMEs, and enlisted them to create a set of structured learning plans um, that targeted specific skill areas that engineering had identified as, you know, critical to their long-term success to upskill across engineering and then they enlisted those SMEs with that credibility already to build out those learning plans in degree or brainways as we call it and then those within those plans say um, one of them might be front end web development or something and then they have like beginning intermediate advanced levels of learning in there and and it speeds the other folks in engineering it speeds their time to learning because they can trust the information is in there that's in there because somebody they know is the go to person built it out that person has vetted that content. They've said this is relevant for 8451 and how we use something like cloud here at 8451. So it was a great way to grow skills and really leverage that degree platform, which was put in place in large part to support our functions and enable them. To um, upskill their functional talent. So I'm super excited about how Nisha and her team went about that work.
0: Yeah, both of you kind of talked about the factor of trust. Nisha had mentioned, you know, um, these folks in the engineering department that are working with other people across the organization, the people that they're working with across the organization. Are saying, hey, they know what they're doing. Right. And then they also recognize, hey, they're spending their time on that 5%. And then, you know, Annette, for you to add to that saying, yeah, we've got SMEs building this out for them. And so the other side of that, we've got leaders and individual contributors trusting that that engineering department knows what they're doing. But the other side of that, you have the people in the engineering department that are saying, hey, I trust what's in Brainwaves. You know, it's been created by our own internal sneeze. They know what we need. So that's super valuable. Trust is a huge piece of learning to move that forward. So with that then, I'm assuming that you probably have some success stories um, where some learning opportunities have made a positive impact, whether it's for an employee, whether it was on you personally, whether it was for the organization, just to add to that thought around trust even.
2: Yeah, I think it's so exciting, right? It's exciting to hear from people when it's helping them and they talk about um, the impact that it's having on them as an individual. Um, when we first set up this 5% objective, and we launched those degreed learning plans that Annette was talking about. Um, you know, we we didn't try to boil the ocean. We started out with some key things that we thought were a good place to start with. But when we launched it, you know, the response was that people felt empowered. They felt like, okay, I have almost permission, let's say, I have this time and now I have these resources also. I mean, we have lots of resources, Degree being a key piece of them, but we have these resources, so they felt really empowered. Now, taking that empowerment and like acting on it, we heard directly from engineers that they were feeling like, gosh, I wish I had this two years ago, right? We talk about that evolution and how we evolved. Like, if I had this two years ago, maybe I would have done this, or I would have progressed on my career path, you know, in in a way that potentially, let's say, could have been accelerated, um, or I could have grown my breadth or depth differently. I feel like, you know, people said, I feel better prepared for my next role. So they're thinking about their career development, they're connecting it back to what's available and, the you know, bottom line was carving out that time to spend it in this way was just something we got a lot of good feedback on. Um, and it's not just the individual. So, yes, there's this individual focus. But if you think about it, that's what makes us collectively better as an organization. And if one person or two people are doing this and it continues to grow, you're driving that culture, right? You're helping to drive that culture of learning because now that person is talking to his peers and they're talking to their peers and what they're learning, they're also passing on. And so it, it becomes like this virtuous circle. And that is just super exciting for us in the engineering organization. And I think it's super exciting for us as 8451.
0: Yeah, Annette, did you wanna add anything to that?
2: No, I think Nisha
1: covered it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know that was, that I was pretty uh, mesmerized, Nisha, about what you were saying. And, you know, just talking about this folks who are saying, wow, if I would have had this two years ago, I can only imagine, right, where I would be now. But the good news is you have this now and you've built it, like you've said, the field of dreams, right, build it and they will come. So now you've got it. And you are moving that organization, like you said, collectively, you're moving the organization forward. And you've got curious people, as you would said at the top of the podcast, you've got curious people, so they're interested. They're interested in learning more. So you have tackled this a little bit, Nisha, um, but I, I thought maybe just to give you an opportunity to, if you wanted to be real specific about it or give us a little bit more on this topic, but since you've enveloped this evolution at 8451 and increased those learning opportunities, what results are you seeing?
2: Yeah, and I would say, you know, the folks and the positive feedback and those things are our results, but even bigger than that, there's immediate wins, right? We're talking about People encouraged, people interested in the self-paced learning using Degreed and other tools that we have, things like Stack Overflow that we we brought in, where there's that interactive um, conversation and learning from experts. Those are things that are all providing value to us, and it's been awesome. It's also challenging us, right, to think of even more ways to engage the talent effectively in this very important area. Um, but also take our approach, I'd say, beyond engineering. So I think about it more of, you know, we have strong technical talent in 8451 as a whole, our data science organization and beyond. There's an interest as we've been piloting a lot of things and also seeing success. I think there's interest in leveraging approaches across our technical talent. The tools and potentially the content that even we've developed, the resources, because there is an overlap in skills. So I think there's this dialogue, there's conversation about, you know, yes, we're seeing some success and we're seeing potentially even more ways where we could be effective. And what does this look like even more broadly? Um, And we've started to work with our data science counterparts in some of these areas to articulate that. And I'm really excited about this because. It helps us look at our talent, like mobility and career paths across the function. So if we have those resources where people can learn and grow and develop themselves, it opens up possibilities from that movement within an organization as well and leveraging our talent in ways that maybe we couldn't access before. I'm also seeing managers as well as individuals really starting to have even more robust conversations about their development plans because they can go back and say, well, I'm going to use this resource or that resource and detail out what they plan to do for these future career opportunities. Um, And that's really exciting. So I'm seeing results that are, I would say, beyond even engineering and bigger that feel really good.
1: Annette, did you want to add or... um... Yeah, no, I think what Nisha is talking about is is something that you know, we are excited and one of the reasons we partner so closely with Nisha and some of her counterparts, uh we call them function talent leads, is um yes, you know, they do an, a fantastic job of developing uh the talent in their functions, but then, you know, we get that exponential bonus when they start to collaborate with each other to expand, you know, and think with an enterprise hat on. And just the power of that is really what's going to drive the long-term success of 8451. And that's really where you get that culture across the organization, right? When you have that collaboration cross-functionally.
0: You are literally growing people. Like that is what I am hearing. And when I hear you talking I think I just had, Nisha, while you were speaking and, and into Annette, I just was envisioning the workforce at 8451 is adopting, literally adopting the evolution that the organization has taken to have this culture of continuous learning it sounds like the workforce is now doing that for themselves, right? Like you kind of modeled it. This is what we're going to do. Here's the resources, but now they're doing it for themselves. Yeah. And and that's spreading too. Yeah.
1: I would say it's, um, it's still work in progress. It's a work in, fair
0: enough. But, fair but enough.
1: that's where we're headed. And, and that's what I we're can starting hear it. to see.
0: Yeah. I can hear it. I mean, think about it, right? This is my first interaction with you and I can hear it in what you and Nisha are both saying. I can hear it. So it may not be fully full-fledged yet, but I can hear it happening. And I think it's just going to continue to take those wings and grow and spread. That's amazing. So talking a little bit about learning specifically and, and skill development, what would you say then and I know, I think, Nisha, I think you were the one who had mentioned, and, and I apologize, Annette, this may have been you, um, you were talking about what the build-out, when the SMEs did the build-out and, and created, you know, here's beginning, intermediate, and advanced. So you are focused on that skill development. What role would you say does learning play as we work through that skill development?
1: Yeah, I'll take that. So when it comes to developing skills, you know, we talked about that 70-20-10, formal learning is a super important piece of that equation, but it's only one piece. You know, 10% of our ability to develop a new skill comes from the formal learning, which the engineering group did, you know, set up using subject matter experts, which technically would be the 20 learning from other people. Right. So we start to like, you know, those lines start to cross. Um, So 20% of, of our ability to develop and apply new skills comes from learning from others like those subject matter experts. And then, Um, interacting with others also can be mentoring and coaching and feedback, um, paired learning, you know, engineering does, you know, paired programming or coding, you know, pairs and different things. Um, Just even asking someone a question, which gets harder when you're not sitting next to each other, you know, you're more in a virtual environment. So our degree platform brainways is really coming in handy and helping us to leverage that 20% of learning from others in some of those ways But then we talked about that 70%, right, that's remaining, we're learning most of the time by doing it. Like it's that experience, our ability to develop new skills by working on the project, doing the work and forcing ourselves to code in Python instead of R, for example. And so we have to have opportunities to do that. Um, So when we talked about helping our associates prepare for what's next. That can mean anything from a new skill set, building a new skill set, um, looking for the next role, uh, a special project, um, or a promotion, or maybe it's a, an experience that enables them to demonstrate their skill and build confidence. So it's a combination of formal learning, the 10%, but then also that 20 and 70% learning as well, learning from others and learning from experience. So when, for example, building a new skill set, you know, you might start with formal learning. I'm going to go take an e-learning course and read this book on Python. But then at some point, I'm going to have to use Python in order to get really good at it. So I need a project or an assignment or a side of desk, you know, task or, or something that I can do. Um, to build that skill and demonstrate it to others. So one thing is to have the skill. Another is for others to see that you have that skill if you're talking about career mobility Um, and also to get feedback on that. And similarly, a project that, you know, that leads to, okay, started with some formal learning. And then I, like, I found like a case study to work on, but Hey, like, are there some projects I can seek out that can allow me to maybe, maybe it's using Power BI. Um, And ooh, suddenly I, shoot, I need to use Power BI to hit my deliverables and I've never used it before. So that project may give me a, a, a chance to apply something that I'm learning. So I can still go look up the... 8451 specific how we use Power BI in 8451 and see all of that in our degree platform in that learning plan. But I still need then an opportunity to practice, and um, you know whether that's like getting an experience. Maybe it's um, I want to be a people leader, and uh, that's a big leap to go from an individual contributor to a people leader. We have some people leadership training. We have a program of eight. Live virtual workshops that are supported with Brainways Pathways that people take kind of self-directed learning before and after the live virtual. So it's a blended. Um, So that's still, though, you know, you need that opportunity to practice. So maybe one of those experiences is that that person gets to oversee the work of an intern or a co-op to practice those people leadership skills. Um, Maybe it is moving into a new role or a promotion, One of the cool things that we are looking to leverage, we are just starting and doing a test and learn that supports all of these different ways we learn, not just the formal learning, is a new functionality within Degreed called the Opportunity Marketplace. We did a test and learn in um, one of our other functions, Customer Strategy and Activation, um, earlier in twenty um twenty one and we had some really good and promising results and we're looking actually i uh, have been talking with Nisha about getting that stood up in engineering for early twenty twenty two and the way that works to greet opportunity marketplace is it doesn't just aggregate content, so if you create a learning plan, you can pull you know link out to a blog here and a course here and a wiki here and 8451 specific documentation there and pull that all together into a course and a subject matter expert can surface that to others. With the Opportunity Marketplace, we can create, you know, they almost look like learning content cards, but that content might be, hey, here's a special project you can opt into to help you build these specific skills. And skills are the, what I would call the currency, right? They're the link. People have skills identified in their degree profile, then we tag learning with skills. We tag these opportunities with skills, opportunities being any of those things I mentioned a project, um, an experience that provides you a chance to practice. Maybe it is a role to explore for the future. I can check that out, see what skills are required, measure it up against the skills I have in my profile, figure out what do i do to address the gap and then look to these other opportunities that we can surface in the opportunity marketplace to um you know bridge that gap so people can that it, it creates almost like a wheel or a cog of mobility so we've got people who have skills at a certain level of expertise We have roles with skill requirements at a certain target level. Then we have learning and other experiences that help them build those skills. So it becomes this wheel that drives career mobility. Super, super excited about that.
2: It is, I think, really a lot of potential there for us as we start to look at activating that um, as well. I wanted to touch on just one thing that Annette called out, which I think is so critical in a lot of areas, but especially in technical areas, which is that practice, right? So you you can learn something, you can read about it, you can even attend a class or a vi- watch a video, but it's how do you then apply it and how do you actually you know, use it to truly learn? And I think um, the resources that we have and, and how we're putting these together now are really enabling that. And then you continue that process through even this model that Annette's talking about, and it could be you know technical skills, it could be leadership skills and so on, um, it's very exciting.
0: It sounds really exciting. And I was thinking, Annette, as you were talking, I you know I couldn't help but think, my gosh, you all are literally putting together an infrastructure for the way people have always learned. You know what I mean? Like, I love when you were talking about the degree, the opportunity marketplace and and talking about the wheel and yes, I'm doing my 10%, but then I want to learn from a project or you'd mentioned the cards. I mean, literally, that's how as human beings, we've always learned, but you're literally building out that in, with with obviously assistance from the tools and resources that you have, but you're literally building out with the strategy how humans have learned, <laughs> you know, for decades, years and years and years, you're putting it together to give it a formality.
1: It's right. so cool. And to be honest, there's not, it's been a pain point. It's been a struggle to figure it out. Career mobility has been a pain point for forever, even when in our old company done Humby to now, but we are super optimistic about the opportunity marketplace. I feel like we finally have a system that we can leverage to enable that 70-2010 learning and therefore career mobility by connecting people, roles, and learning opportunities um, to drive it. So it's very exciting.
0: And I, I know you had said, I think Annette, during your introduction, you were talking about the implementation of the system and it was kind of perfect timing uh, when it was rolled out and now it sounds like this next level is perfect timing as well especially with you know this buzzword of the great resignation and i know there's real there's arms and legs to that so i say buzzword but but there's arms and legs to that and one of the reasons people stay at organizations is because of exactly what you are building for them so yes pain points yes challenges but it sounds like you're building a future Well, do you guys have time for just a couple more questions? Sure. Sure. Okay. So I'm curious, do you have, and I know Annette, you really talked a little bit about this. I didn't know if either of you were wanting to get more specific in this area, but do you think there are skills that are specifically important for your team to develop?
2: Yeah, I can take that one. I think um, when we talk about engineering at 8451, know that it's a large spectrum we have a lot of different parts that cover a wide variety of technology just given you know our business um where we leverage data and science and how we go about doing that we we do have some legacy things and we also have a lot of things that we have you know put into play that i'll call it's more cutting edge so we have a really large spectrum. I think when we assessed our skills, we, you know, it was kind of eye-opening, um, looking at what people were strong in, where we thought there were opportunities, and looking ahead, again, you know, at our technology area, looking ahead at our roadmaps, where we needed to be, even more important. Um, it's a pretty wide breadth. But there are skills that I think I said earlier as well that are really foundational. They're things that, you know, we expect our folks to have or they really must develop. If they're coming in as, let's say, straight out of the university, you know, we actually have tracks that are very specific to building those core and foundational things. Um, think of best practices, patterns that make software solutions robust, performant, scalable. Like those are very, very core principles and, and patterns. So there's that sort of area. But then even more specifically, when we looked at our technology roadmaps, a key area for many companies, not just us, but is the future is cloud. And we started a migration towards that a couple of years ago. Um, and, you know, we say cloud, a lot of people say cloud, It's a term used all over the place, but it is a big bucket. It's an area in which you could be very much on the infrastructure side, even though the cloud means you don't have to manage the infrastructure, you still have to know enough about the network side of it. For example, you might live in what is called the DevOps side of it or other enablement tools or you might be the developer who's using new tools in the environment that they are not familiar with. They are familiar with Python, they are familiar with building APIs, they just haven't done it in this environment. So cloud, I would say, in that and and all the aspects of that are one of the very specific areas that we're building out and is one of those plans that we have today in Degreed, and we're continuously, you know, putting in. Uh, new content we're revising it, and we're also launching sessions that enable people to become aware of what we're putting out there um but you know in addition as much as i I would love to talk about engineering technical skills because that's who I am as well, I think it's really important to say that we value those soft skills you know I'm a nerd. There's a bunch of us nerdy folks at 8451, but to drive value when we work well together with our data science or our product or our business areas and our peers as a whole, again, we talked a little bit about our leadership model earlier. We value this notion of how do we collaborate? How do we collaborate effectively? And how do we really uh, expand knowledge to each other? and impact our business. And we do that through more of those soft skills as well. So our, you know, focus, and when we're saying what skills are specifically important to us, it's both sides of that coin. Um, And there's a lot of partnership with the net and at the enterprise level as well to develop those soft skills. For sure. Leadership,
1: um, our leadership model was introduced maybe uh, three years ago, And we have nine leadership competencies. They roll up into three three buckets that um, happen to be our values, uh, limitless minds, fearless hearts, and relentless delivery. So within each of those, there are leadership competencies, things like influence, things like uh, think strategically, things like um, drive for results, for example, Those are common across the organization and a huge focus for us as an enterprise to build leadership across four pipelines, leading self, leading teams, leading other people leaders, and leading the enterprise. So we have those same values and those same competencies. Um, The behavior expectations within those increase in um, accountability as you go up, up the pipelines. Um, but that is definitely another focus of development for the organization for sure.
0: Yeah. And again, you know, you're spreading a wealth of knowledge here. And again, going back to the fact that you you all, and again, and I heard you say there's challenges and, and I'm sure speed bumps and roadblocks along the way. But the other side of this, you all, is that there's intention and there's strategy. And I can hear it when you are talking about it. You know, you've got the clear sight of, I appreciated that balance, Nisha. you had said, yeah, I could talk all day about the engineering skills, but, and Annette, you echoed this. We've got the other side of that too, which helps us be a functional organization and talking about even those leadership competencies related to your values. So super smart to pull that all together. And, and that probably helps with the encouragement of people, of people learning. It's tied to the business. It's tied to the business. So Absolutely. I love it. Wow, you all, ah, Nisha and Annette, this was absolutely amazing. Again, you're speaking my language. I love learning. Um, and I really enjoyed hearing more about how you've been able to use DeGreed. And it sounds like it's it's been a phenomenal platform for you all to build out that infrastructure that you're looking for for your organization and for your people. Gosh, thank you so much. Any Did you want any final words before we wrap up here?
1: Gosh, no. Just really thank you for having us. It was really fun to be able to talk about some of the exciting work that we're doing. It's fun to work for a company where we get to do work like this. At least for me, it's what makes me kick the covers off in the morning. So thanks for the opportunity to talk a bit about it.
2: Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, it was our pleasure. I can't wait to talk to you a year from now and see... The immense change, right, that you've gone through. Two steps, what is it? One step forward, two steps back, but we'll, we'll hear about it. Well, thank you again, the two of you. Um, have a wonderful weekend. I'm going to wrap up here. Thanks to all of you listening in. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast app. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to give us a rating. Your rating helps other professionals and talent minded people discover our program. So, for Nine to Thrive HR and all of us here at HCI, and especially thank you to Nisha and Annette, we appreciate you all also for tuning in. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day.